When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As summer ends and you see the leaves turn to autumn colors, are you also feeling the autumn of loneliness, and you visit the Disney parks by yourself? Would you like to see great moments with Mr. Lincoln with someone who shares your nuanced view of the attraction? And of love? Well, you aren't alone. Even if you are. We have created a new app for you to find other fans of the Disney parks to hook up and find one another. So you can live your happily ever after? Looking for someone to ride with you on Alice in Wonderland so the 40-minute line doesn't all watch in judgment as they watch an entire ride vehicle get taken by one person? Are you tired of getting seated next to a stranger uncomfortably on the Davy Crockett Explorer canoes? Let single riders help. And don't get the wrong idea. You can still use the single rider line together. And if you ask nicely or complain to the right person, we're pretty sure they'll let you ride together. I mean, that makes sense. Right? So sign up today at singleriders.ru and fill out a very detailed profile so that we can hook you up with another single rider. So you don't have to be single riders anymore. But you can still be single riders. Use the offer code AUTUMNINGINLOVE for 15% off your fist month. Single. Riders. Supreme Resort, Land v. World, a podcast about Disneyland and Walt Disney World, and which is the Supreme Resort. Each episode, we will discuss and explore each resort, ride by ride, land by land, park by park, restaurant by restaurant, to determine which is better. I'm your host, Jimmy, and thank you for joining me on this quest to help the greater good of humanity answer this long, elusive question, which is better? Disneyland or Walt Disney World. Joining me, as always, is Dan. Hey, I'm Dan. Everything's great. Everything's working out fine. <laughs> Indeed. And Eric. <laughs> I pressed record this time. Yay. <laughs> that would have been a really, really frustrating <laughs> if you hadn't realized. Only for you. I would have loved it. Yeah, I've been sitting here for an hour already. <laughs> um well, so hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. Welcome, Eric and Dan. Hello. As and always, Dan's wearing his, his <laughs> theme shirt, his Mexico shirt. Yep. It's Eric's a- wearing his concierge shirt. <laughs> yes. yes. I'm wearing my Cub Scout shirt because I was at a Cub Scout event at a baseball game. We are all themed to things that We're we do. themes to things that we do. <laughs> uh, we have a new uh, potential client for concierge. It's a the girlfriend of a listener. Uh, her name is Laura. She lives in Colorado and she and her boyfriend are going to Disneyland and she's a Disneyland expert. She goes all the time. The reason she's using concierge, she heard about it on DL Weekly 
um, that she feels like the concierge have more insight on discounts and when things are slow or when things cost less. And so she contacted us and um, helped her out. It's a very nice thing for someone to think. Exactly. <laughs> and, it, and she's right. There, we have because some insights. Yes. Yeah, we yes. have some insights and things. Some insights. And she said, you know, we're looking at September, October. Uh, you know, September is pretty good. October gets a little bit worse. You know, prices go up. You know, more people. I don't know why. Oogie boogie, I guess. But um, mm-hmm. and then she says, you know, what about January, February? I was like, well, Disney doesn't tend to decrease their prices. But I think that probably the prices in September are going to be the same as January, February. But we don't know yet because they haven't opened up those dates. So once they do, she'll be the first eye contact. Uh, no, second, because the first will be Jason from Ears Up, who is looking to go back to Disneyland, a place he loves. Oh, that Ooh. fellow. Yes. yes. He's so looking forward to the trip. <laughs> well, and, and good news, in September, the uh, the uh, Nightmare Before Christmas overlay is there. That's right. In, in September. That's right. In September. Yes. Is when mm-hmm. it happens. Well, as Halloween, opposed to now when it's closed. It happens Halloween, in September. Halloween, not so scary. Halloween party starts in August. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and that's where just it's just all going to be Halloween and Christmas in a, in a couple of years, just all Halloween and Christmas. I mean, we just missed the Christmas in July promotion from uh, concierge. As we record, you have one more day, but uh, I was able to book several trips for oh, nice. us. Yeah. It was, Did any of them come from our last episode? No. Where we mentioned it? No, they were already a in a couple of days in the works. Fans. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. Anyway, well, but who knows? They may have come and booked with someone else. I don't know. So, guys, before we get into the main topic, is there anything else you want to talk about with respect to the Disney parks? Um, not so much Disney parks, but I will say that Disney stocks is a wonderful investment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I may or may Sometimes. not be counting. I may or may not be counting on selling what stocks I have in order to renew my magic key in oh. August. So if sell, you've sell, been sell. wondering, if you've been wondering when the time to get in is, I'd say now is a great time. I'm so Jim if you Kramer. Can, if you can <laughs> buy a you few for thousand listening. stonks and stonks. raise the price of the stonks, Tell all your friends and Dan can sell. Mm-hmm. Tell all right, your friends. Keep telling people until you get it up to like one twelve or so, and then yeah, then I don't pay anything out of pocket. Uh, Buy stonks. There you go. I'm Jim Kramer. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, He looks like Billy Joel. Anyway, uh, no, not Haley Joel. (laughs) So uh, yeah, all right. So today's episode is a. Another versus episode, you know, because of you clicked it, because you know what it says in the title. It is the case of the indoor boat ride restaurants. It um, could also be on say, autoplay from yeah, like a previous episode. True. Exactly. I, I just I just let it go. I don't. All right. Don't well, if you didn't click episode. on it, it's still the case of the indoor boat ride restaurants. <laughs> Blue Bayou versus San Angel Inn. Uh, and all the articles that I read and looked at, looked through just to, to do my own little research, you know, because I like to do my own research. Um, in everyone that says San Angel Inn is reminiscent of or reminded them of the Blue Bayou. Both of them are restaurants inside of with views of a boat ride. Mm-hmm. And one, of course, being Pirates of the Caribbean. The other, of course, being the other one. 
And Dan, what is the <laughs> name we have assigned to Hassan on Hell in in our as a little, as a discourse? Bayou. Yes. So uh, the alternate title is The Case of the Bayou's Blue v. Azul. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's the show today. Eric will be arguing for the Blue Bayou, Azul Bayou, excuse me, uh, San Angel in. <laughs> I got real be, worried for a second. Dan will be arguing for the Blue Bayou. Um, before we get to that, we have sounds to play. So I will be the judge. And if Dan says something that I find interesting about the Blue Bayou, you will hear this sound. And if Eric gets bored of that sound, you'll hear this sound. Hi, I'm Hugh Howes. Thank you. That's right. <laughs> so, of course, that little banjo piece is reminiscent or pulled directly from the man playing a banjo on that beginning by you. Yes, I learned how to play the banjo. I set up this little studio in my little studio mm-hmm. and I uh, played that piece right there. Okay, great. Good yeah. job. Mm-hmm. With a dog next to you, of course. Of course, mm-hmm. as always. That's right. Because the dog, dog has always been there, and I've always, always been there. I've always been playing the banjo. That's correct. All Dan right. is Beacon Joe. <laughs> Beacon Joe, and then uh, if Eric says something I enjoy or find interesting about San and Hell, you'll hear this sound. Hello. Oh wait. Oh man. <laughs> Extrapolapakettle. Oh, I got to turn up the volume yeah, on that you sure one. Do that's, that's Mr. Burns. Extrapolapakettle. How's that? How's that sound? Better. Oh, that's still quiet. Yeah. This is why we have dress rehearsal. (laughs) (laughs) No, we don't. Um, That's just where I really crank this volume. We just put on different parts of the horse costume and talk about, you know, that's better. There we go. Is that Mr. Burns? That's Mr. Burns. What is he saying? He's saying, Ixtapalotakettle. What does that mean and the, why did you pick it? The Olmec head that he gave to the Simpsons right. at the end of the episode Blood Feud from season two of right. The Simpsons. Which shows up in their basement from time to time. And, and Yes, and in the movie. And oh, I wanted right. to go with with uh, Lisa saying to Maggie, no, Maggie, Olmec. <laughs> Because Maggie holds up a card that reads Aztec. Oh, that's right. Oh my gosh. How funny. But uh, I, I found Mr. Burns to be kind of delightful. So, indeed. <laughs> well, that. let's hope that you hear that quite a bit during this episode. I love Mr. Mm-hmm. Burns as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so we have the sounds uh, down. Now, what we're going to do, because the Blue Bayou came first, uh, Dan is going to start with an overview of the Blue Bayou inside Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm hmm. So I'm going to turn to something that is slash was on the menu at the Blue Bayou. Um, <laughs> I, I've put in some time on this. Uh, <laughs> and this is this is the story of the Blue Bayou Terrace. Walt Disney cherished the traditions that made our nation great. In Disneyland, he gave these traditions life again so that those who come here may relive the story of our country's past in the days when America was the land of pioneers. Little more than a century ago, New Orleans was such a place. They called her the Croissant City. After, <laughs> after the after the Crescent no, bend in the river. <laughs> after the Crescent bend in the river. And her name spoke for many worlds. She was French and Spanish. And we. frontier American. She was queen of the Delta when cotton was king. And the steamboat ruled the Mississippi. 
here in New Orleans Square, Walt Disney recreated many of the world's that once sorry i'm going off a picture of this thing that uh, once were old new orleans one of these worlds surrounds you now if you imagine it in your mind listener the mysterious water wonderland of the bayou here where spanish moss drapes the live oak trees yeah where shrimp boats hide amongst the what the cypress (laughs) the cypress this is all practiced where a waterfront shanty stands in the shadow of a grateful, a graceful. And okay. So you've been there. You've seen it. It's parts of the Caribbean. It's the first thing. Okay. Eric, go. Great. Well done. Thank you. Impeccable podcasting. Thank you. No, the moonlight shines here all day on nighttime is eternal towering overhead. Of one side of the summer evening, Blue Bayou, infamous pirates of the Caribbean await the pleasure of your particular restaurant enjoyment. Thank you Bayou for joining is us. A restaurant inside Pirates of the Caribbean. That's Great. the opening statement. Thank you. Is what you said. Okay, Eric, uh, <laughs> give me the overview of uh, San Angel Inn, which is in. Inside the beginning of the Grand Fiesta Tour with the Three Caballeros. I, I feel like delivering a complete sentence might... That would be really helpful. ...might weight things in my favor. <laughs> yeah, I think you may be right. These were complete sentences at, some, at the beginning. <clears throat> Disney Dendron? Huh. So like a wow. plant. Dueling that's out. the, uh, that's that's what the they call uh, Swiss Family Treehouse. Yeah. Yeah. Tree. Yeah, I remember okay. that from there that episode. Go. There we go. There we go. Dance. We're off to a great start. Monte Cristos. Monte Cristos. Monte Cristos. That's going to get you a point. <laughs> Wait. All right. What's the overview, Hi, Eric? <laughs> I said gonna. <laughs> All right. <sighs> okay, let's reset here. <laughs> Okay. Okay. So, listener, we we have not. Okay, it's not that we haven't done the the work or done any research for this. It's just that so much of it was like, at least on my end, I think Eric on your end, it was like. So it's just a restaurant in the ride. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I I get maybe I maybe I took this more seriously than you did, Dan. I don't know. I think there's always a very good chance of that. <laughs> All right. All right. So for those of you remaining with us, uh, Eric, go ahead and <laughs> All right. tell us about San and Hell Inn. All right, let's do it. Overview. You approach the Mayan pyramid. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Enter into its murky depths and encounter what we all hoped was inside a museum. <laughs> Pass through this museum themed to a somewhat recent and popular movie and descend further further into the dark there you will find a mexican suburb splayed out into perpetual night a marketplace presents its wares to you the weary and sweaty traveler the air-conditioned city beckons with dim lights on the periphery jewelry ceramic sculptures large sombreros all can be purchased here you stagger past the cavern of tequila your hunger outweighing your thirst for crafted cocktails you need the sustenance of angels you need the San Angel Inn Ristorante. This quaint riverside spot is probably the most romantic dining location 
in the Walt Disney World property. If you seek cheap Mexican food, you may want to avoid this restaurant as its head Mm. chef takes pride in the menu's connection to true Mesoamerican cuisine. Toast the tourists floating along the nearby boat ride. They are in for a treat, but you are in for a feast. Bask in the perpetually blue twilight, twilight, that's the word, and contemplate whether you ever care to leave this establishment. This is the San Angel in Restaurante. I've never done this before, but uh, okay. point for <laughs> <intro. laughs> fine. Hey, you know what? Except you know what I was going to do, and you're lucky I didn't, was I was going to improvise a, some sort of a description based on the lyrics to Blue Bayou, the song by Roy Orbison. So you're oh, welcome okay. for not doing okay. that. Thank you. Um, all right. Well, thank you both. That was great. Um, I'm a little scared to say, but Dan, can you give us a history of <laughs> why, why are you acting like you've never met me before? Uh, that's fair. Welcome to the show, Dan. Tell the listeners about yourself and what other shows you've been on. <laughs> Okay, so uh, history of uh, Blue Bayou is mainly a lot of it ties. Let me think how I want to say this. I think in order to talk about the Blue Bayou's history, we need to kind of revisit the history of dining in Disneyland in general, Um, because we're looking at um, really mainly hot dog and hamburger experience. Until we get to the Plaza Inn. And we, of course, have... Extrapolapakitten. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't expect it to play when I was increasing the volume yet again. And then then we have, uh, of course, the everyone's favorite Aunt Jemima's Pancake House. uh, Don DeFore's Silver Banjo Barbecue. uh, Which, give me a time machine. I'm going to go hang out with Don DeFore. Oh, yeah. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Shake his hand while eating his barbecue mm-hmm. in yes. your left hand. Yeah, with all <laughs> sorts of like barbecue sauce on your hand. Um, <laughs> and of course, there's Casa de Fritos. And of course, Walt wanted to have the Tiki Room be a restaurant of some sort. And then there's that famous whimsical quote that nobody ever gets tired of about what the birds would do to your food. Um, so oh, this whole idea of like a highly themed Plaza and kind of got there, but like a really, really themed environment inside of an attraction was something or as part of an attraction even was really something that Walt was always tossing around. Um, So is it fair to say that the Blue Bayou is the first official table service? I don't know for sure. My hunch is that Don DeFore... Probably had table service. Um, that is something that I probably should have thought to look up. Yeah, Aunt Jemima um, strikes me as a place where you went up to a counter and you got stuff and you brought it to a table. But Don DeFore. Oh, well, there I, I was also there was also the um, Chicken Plantation restaurant. OK, yeah, which we which is part of this mainly because the interior uh, building of inside the Blue Bayou, the little building that you're supposedly a part of, it was modeled after the chicken plantation restaurant. And uh, again, I don't know for sure, but I would imagine chicken plantation restaurant had 
uh, table service. There wasn't a whole lot in that area at the time. So they, it, I could see that being like a major draw. I think Jimmy's thanks, looking at thanks, up. Jimmy, for immediately pointing out the thing that we don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, that's actually a really good question. Um, the silver banjo is that what it was called? Don DeFore's Don silver banjo. Yep. Okay. Yeah, because you know Don DeFore was all about uh, service and banjos. Um. So the. Uh, the restaurant opened along with Pirates of the Caribbean in 1967. It was intended to feature live entertainment, but... It was, it, real quick, um, yeah. it, taking over the space that had previously been the original home of Casa de Fritos, so I don't know if it would have been a table service. Well, no, because that, remember, that was uh, what is now Rival, Riverbell, Riverbell oh, Terrace. Yeah, mm-hmm. but Casa de Fritos wasn't a table service, was it? It might have been at some point. All right. Anyway, yeah. Continue. I mean, uh, restaurants in Disneyland in the early days, I really feel like they were kind of figuring out what food service at Disneyland was going to be. And I Disney didn't really manage the the food, right? Mm-hmm. And well, and I, 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 my, my hunch is that he, they didn't really think of it as a feature until after some time when it opened and people were like, where. <laughs> Where's the thing that looks cool with food? They're like, oh, we should have done that. (laughs) And they started, I think, doing it. This is, again, just I'm just kind of with what I know. I'm not saying this is factual. I don't have the quote from Mark Davis, the world's best Imagineer ever or anything like that. It's just sort of a a feeling that I get. Um, So, yeah, open with the uh, attraction. They were thinking about doing live entertainment, but they... At some point, we're like, let's just do the food. We haven't, we don't really have a restaurant where the food is the star. We have Don DeFore, where Don DeFore is the star, but we, we, they, we, they wanted to get away kind of, I don't know how much intention was there, but they, they moved away for whatever reason from the idea that here's a restaurant based on a personality or a character. And instead, here's like a themed environment. Um, even with the ideas for the tiki room, it was really about the birds and the tiki's not about so much about the setting with this one. It's about the setting. And it just happens that they built an entire ride. Part of which is, you know, listen, listen to the, our first parts of the Caribbean episode. And it's, we just describe it all. You're in the Bayou scene, which is a very relaxing atmosphere where a restaurant could exist. Did right. we get that far in the first episode or was that the fourth episode? <laughs> that might have been the, Pirates. I think that actually was the second episode. Yeah. Um, so here's, here's a, a quote. Um, the Disneyland restaurant opened March 18th, 1967 to respond to persistent criticism of the park's lack of fine dining options. Right. So it's very possible this was the first. It was originally to feature live entertainment, but Disney historian Jim Corcus reported that after a dress rehearsal and trial dinner in 1966, Walt Disney declared in this restaurant, the food is going to be the show along with the atmosphere. Right. And they do use the first reservation based dining at Disneyland. You couldn't call. You had to go up and show up. Yeah. Oh, God. That. Yeah. Well, it used to be you could go to. No, it used to be you you had you had to go to the restaurant, and then eventually you could go to Main Street, and right. it's it's always been a thing. Um, so what I was getting at, the reason I asked the question, Dan, is yeah, I, I would like to because you know theme park food even today 
is known to be not good. You're right. And, or, or that's the stereotype or, or whatever. And Disney, I don't know when it started, but presumably it started with the blue Bayou. Yeah, um, no. And I think that's fair. I think that this, this one definitely became an opportunity to raise the bar for theme park food in general. I don't so, know how, how much of that was, we're going to raise the bar for all theme parks, but it was definitely an opportunity to do a thing that no one else was doing at the time. Right. So what I was leading to is I'll give a one-time point to Blue Bayou for setting precedence. Oh. That's fair. Um, so they do... St- occasionally have live music i don't want anyone shaking their fist at their phone going like right. what Seen do you it. mean but that's not like a feature that's not why you go that's not a right. feature um it's not scheduled it's just sort of like sometimes you're sitting there eating gumbo and all of a sudden there's rustling up in the balcony it's like oh there's the band there's the jazz band you know um, <laughs> the jazz band is wrestling or did they you say wrestling no they wrestle <laughs> Russell. the the saxophone player is currently the uh the uh belt holder as a mean suplex. Um, he's the Undertaker Jr. He's the Undertaker Jr., yes. <laughs> Undertaker, a very fine saxophone player, by the way. Um, <laughs> that's kind of it for the hit. I mean, a lot of the history of this is the history of other things that we've talked about before. It's the history of uh, Disneyland coming up with dining options that we've talked about in uh, our Mexican food uh, right, right. One. And like Pirates it, of the Caribbean history. Yeah, et Pirates of the, it's, it is it is intimately tied in with Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, as far as I can tell, it doesn't share a kitchen with uh, Club 33. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of the history. I wish I had more. Well, I mean, I think that, you know, it is what it is, right? So right. Um, set precedence and that paves the way some 30 years later, 20 years, 18 years to the San Angel Inn. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hold on the math. Let's see if that's all, that's all, that's all uh, 67 math for 81, 82, 81, 82, 82, 82 yeah. minus 67 is nobody knows. 25, 15, yeah. 25, mm, 38, 25. Did 25. I get there? Did I actually get there? Yeah, you, you got there. Wow. Wait, 67, you have three years to 70. 82. 70 to 80 is 10, so that's 13. It's 15. 15. Thank you, listener. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I hope you have a concussion. I hope you don't have a concussion from Uh, beating I'm a teacher, everybody. (laughs) 15 years later, we have San Angel Inn. Eric, go ahead. (laughs) All right. Well, the San Angel Inn is not to be confused with La Cantina de San Angel or the uh, La Hacienda de San Angel, which are upstairs and outside and on the water of the World Showcase. And they're also delightful. Let me ask you a question. Um, Okay. Okay. When you say upstairs, here's the thing. The water table. So I think you're actually going upstairs or up a ramp to go to the museum, go okay. back to ground level to get to the Santa Hill Inn and the ride. So I think they're probably at the same But it's level. it's probably, I think most of Epcot is probably like the Magic Kingdom where, where it's raised. Like the Utilidors are ground level. Right. But I don't think they have <laughs> Utilidors at Epcot. They don't, but they probably have the things that feel like they're underground. 
at the ground level, but then you have to walk up to things and then go back down. Like Pirates of the Caribbean, you go up in the queue in order to descend to the ride, which is at ground level. Right. And this is all inside of the big ball, right? (laughs) All of of Epcot is inside the ball. (laughs) That's right. Yes. Including this restaurant. (laughs) So it's it's interesting you pointed out, Eric, because it it does confuse people. The the Hacienda is a counter service, you know, typical Mexican food counter service restaurant on the water. And then recently, you know, in recent years, they added the other sun on hell which is another reservation-based dining correct right which is which is great i mean they have different menus both of these restaurants uh, somewhat different i mean the the drinks menu seems to be about the same because they're all kind of leaning that's kind of true the, everywhere like even some of the stuff yeah. you can get at the cava de tequila you can get at right. sun on hell that's what i was going to say yeah <laughs> it, it all kind of bases the the drinks off of the the cave of tequila but um but yeah, out on the out, out on the water, you can see not harmonious. Um, right. And that, yeah. When we were trying to decide about the nighttime spectacular restaurants, that was one of them that we considered. Um, was that one in the in the Morocco one? Right. Right. But right. We didn't. So here we go. Yeah. There we go. Now we're doing another restaurant ep- episode. Everybody, you're welcome. And this one is underground. Or on the ground and away from the place. Stairs are stairs and ramps are involved. Yes. You have to go up to get down. Mm, Gotta spend money to make money. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly the same. I'm Jim Kramer. <laughs> Can't fight fire with fire. Sure. All right. Any other analogies we want, you want to get in there? No, just tell us about the history. Can't start oh, a fire okay. without a spark. Can't eat a. Tree without the bark. Gross what Can't make an omelet without breaking some eggs. <laughs> Mine rhymed with Dan's, so I the, win. It's the spirit of Aloha. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, this restaurant is based on the Sun on Helen in Mexico City, which is a an existing structure that was uh, that was constructed in 1692 as a um, as a monastery, a Carmelite monastery and uh, it was mm, <laughs> it became a restaurant in 1915 uh, this, they made tequila uh, there for a while too right sure great yes because of its its location as a legendary place um <laughs> sorry, <laughs> i'm looking back at <laughs> I'm looking back in my brain and I'm I'm just trying to remember all of the things that I've mm-hmm. written down about this mm-hmm. place. But yes, uh, in in Mexico City, this is in 1847. This was a place where General Santa Ana planned the Battle of Chapultepec at in in the within its walls within the. Uh, I guess this was before it was a restaurant. It was still a monastery, and he planned a war from within. So that's mm. great. Um, the pact between Pancho Villa and General Zapata was formalized in this location um, that uh, uh, split Mexico in half for a, a time. And uh, yeah, the main patio fountain was a drinking trough for horses during multiple wars in Mexican history. Well, these days uh, we have a place that is that looks similar to this location in Epcot, it's it's dark. It's always dark. It's always evening. You always have the uh, this 
temple off in the distance that um, sets the mood. You have an Olmec head next to the temple. You see boats slowly floating by. And um, yet really nothing has changed in this place since since the park opened it 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 was designed after this location in a uh, mexico city suburb when the park opened and they have changed almost nothing other than the name of the ride that is lo- located nearby and some of the 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 stalls outside some of the the marketplace have changed over the years but really this place is still pretty much the same visually as it has been since it opened listener I, i'm i'm watching dan's television screen i was wondering what you were watching i'm like it's not me i was it's, listening I, it's to gotta you, be dan at first i'm like is it perry <laughs> or just animals it's uh tv for cats on youtube oh my god <laughs> <laughs> sorry i listen to every word eric the thing hasn't changed i i have it on there specifically for this moment <laughs> So that one of you will be like, what is, what is that? <laughs> it's just, it's, it's just like lush trees. And then there's a squirrel runs across every once in a while. And oh, a and I'm going to, I'm going to get that squirrel. I'm going to get it. Get, get, get it. <laughs> um, all right. Well, that's, you know, I, and I think we talked about it before we hit record that um, the only change of, of any substance is the menu. Um, and then they changed like the chair color or something like that. But in general, it's been the same kind of long rows of tables. You can sit table side, excuse me, you can sit waterside just mm-hmm. like Blue Bayou. Right. But if you're not waterside, just like Blue Bayou, you don't get that same quaint charm. At that point, it's just a, a restaurant in perpetual twilight. Right. Right. Yeah. It's a distinctly different dining experience when you're not on the water. Is that fair? <laughs> I think it's the same for both. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I agree. I, yeah, I mean, we can get into well, we can get into the yeah, details later. D- Dan has a rating: how many tables back from the water uh, you 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 feel Pirates of the Caribbean. So oh. I I I think I haven't made it clear. My history with this restaurant is it. I think it was my favorite place to be and go for a number of years. And I'm not joking when I say I have probably sat at every table at the water's edge at some point Mm -hmm. in my life. Um, So if I'm not like showering it with the love that some listeners are, are hoping for, first of all, uh, apparently this is your first episode. And (laughs) (laughs) second, uh, it's, it's, it is sort of a deep love for like, like a family member where it's just like, yeah, of course this is awesome, right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> but it is, I, I recognize now there are elements of it that I think have become overrated, you know, and again, we should sure. get into Well, and especially that. because now, Dan, when you grew up with it, you didn't have Lamplight Lounge. You didn't have the right. Car- Carthay Circle. So that that itch can get scratched other places. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there there's a lot to say about the ambience, and I think the ambience is great. But uh, and again, we'll get into this more later, but there's it has i think reached a saturation point of um how appropriately rated it is in right, terms of because, people's expectations you know disneyland dining reservations open 60 days in advance and right. that is gone instantly but yeah yeah and for some people i think it it it's better off this is going to sound more elitist than i mean it um 
for some people, you really are better off having it just be, oh, there's that restaurant that you can go to. Isn't that cool and quaint? And I think that the way things operate now is there's an experience that I'm missing out on and I have to have. So this is, uh, this is a stretch. Is it, is it fair to say that the food at French Market, is that what it's called, French Market? Uh, Cafe which Orleans. One? Cafe, Cafe Orleans. Orleans, yeah. The food at Cafe Orleans might equal, rival the food at Blue Bayou. And perhaps the Blue Bayou is the Peter Pan of restaurants. I think that's fair. Is that fair? I think it's a little different between the two. Well, different is one thing, better is other. So I'm suggesting that maybe the quality of food is the same mm. or could be rivaled at Cafe Orleans. I think Cafe Cafe Orleans is, at least to me, it's some of the best food you're going to get on property. Other than like, and that's yeah, that's what I'm getting at is that maybe it's not because Walt Disney said they the food needs to be the star. I think it's evolved where the food is good. It's a really good dining experience. If you were if you were served this food at a wedding, you'd be like, "This is great. Exactly, this is the best wedding food I've ever had." And but you know, my kind of analogy of it's the. Or it's the uh, Peter Pan of restaurants because Peter Pan's not a great ride. It's, it's a, just yeah, kind of it, one of those things. It, it's, it's a fine fun, ride. It's different. I, it's ideally it's it would be a quirky th- ride that like is probably not everyone's favorite. You know, like right. And that's not to say that it. it that's not to diminish the quality of it or to right. like say that if it is your favorite, you're stupid. It's just right. we are we we are in a situation culturally where when you hear, you know, that's a, that's a restaurant that you can go to. And it's one of the nicest restaurants in nicest with quotes mm-hmm. restaurants in. Well, first of all, you assume it's the nicest restaurant because it looks like it would be. Right. 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 Um, and it once and was. Because it sells out immediately. Right. And it once was. Mm-hmm. And and I think that there's it's it's really close to that point of being like a churro or dole whip where it's like, well, you have to have this experience at some point. You got to go there. So you, Disney's you really not even going to raise the bar. Right. But you really, really don't. It's not, <laughs> it's going to be just boring as hell for some people. Until which, you do. Until you do. I mean, I don't know. I, I think it's just, it's a thing that like, if this is, if this hits with that many people in a genuine way, why aren't more people like listening to the music of Brian, you know, you know, like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like I, I think I appreciate what it's doing and I'm, I'm not trying to say I'm the only person, but I feel like a lot of the people who are flooding the reservations 60 days out are just doing it because they were told by a friend or a relative. You know, it's like the, it's, I use this example all the time, the animal style in and out double, double. Well, I'm doing this because that's, I was told that's the thing that you have to do. Mm-hmm. You haven't, you're not really having a genuine experience. It's still good. I hope you like it, but like it's, it's, do you really know what it is? It's, it's the the restaurant inside a ride. That's one right. of the best rides. That's one right. of the most right. iconic rides. Right. That's exactly. Right. exactly. And so all of those things pile up on each other and it becomes <laughs> this thing where heightened expectations completely exist. So if it isn't the most magical and most perfect thing, it registers more 
So even when we say that the food might not be the best, I don't know how much of that is because of that heightened expectation game where it's, and it's, I, I think a lot of this is sort of like my experience with the Beatles. Listen to that day and hey, it's the Beatles, everybody, where it's like, wait, you hate the Beatles? Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> where it's like, here's this thing that you ever, that people are expected to have such a strong, positive experience and reaction to that if your actual experience is something along the lines of like, yeah, I mean, it was fine. It maybe registers as disappointment. Sure. So um, going back a couple episodes ago, I talked about seeing <clears throat> Harry Potter on Broadway right. and how the acting was irrelevant because all the spectacle was important. So it, one could argue, but because of the location and atmosphere of this, of this restaurant, the food quality doesn't have to be the best and still be considered one of the best restaurants in Disneyland. Fair. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and Instagram exists. So that's, I think that's the, the that's sure. the thing that I'm bringing to it is it's like, it's kind of the way it's thought about now is indicative of a thing about our culture that I find really disappointing, I guess. No, but, yeah. But a, a lot of that is, is similar to the mood at, at sun on hell where you can have that picture of a boat going by and you can have that perfect shot of, a really nice cocktail sitting next to a steak and a taco and there's a boat in the and distance. That's kind of my, my, my whole point with this. And, and I really am not trying to, to drive to the end here, but <laughs> I think I, we're accidentally <laughs> doing it ourselves. Yeah. 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 So does over but that, the point of the point of this whole exercise is, is truly to as objectively as possible, get there through conversation. Yeah. And, and so I'm thinking about it this way. And I already said it, the Blue Bayou is a restaurant inside of a ride and it's good quality food and it's a good atmosphere. And if you're sitting by the kitchen, it's not the same as if you're sitting on the water. Mm -hmm. San and Hell is the yeah. exact same description. I, so mm -hmm. this I do have some answer, slight things. That, no, no, but, I'm sure. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. get there. But this answer might boil down to <laughs> Pirates is a better ride. <laughs> So <laughs> may I'm going to try to not make us go there, but um, okay. I have a proposal for the two of you. Why don't we just do information dump and then we can continue this probably more interesting conversation. Let's do it. All right. So let's go into the check-in process. Okay. So like I was saying, you can make reservations 60 days in advance. Sometimes other times it's just whatever the, you know, genie you're never had a friend like me friend decides to do who knows call concierge they'll help you out um for dinner it is absolutely recommended to reserve uh lunch you might be able to walk up if you get there like right when they open they usually open at 11 30 um it is one of those see. places where you have a, when you have a reservation and you see people asking well what's the weight like and you you laugh at them in your head you're like yeah <laughs> you're not gonna get in so the check-in process let's assume you have a reservation check-in process will usually include something along the lines of you getting a notification from your app that it's time to check in and then you check in and then you arrive at the place after it says you know it's time to be seated and you wave your phone at the person who is overwhelmed by all those people saying, what do you mean? It's booked. What, but it's my nephew's birthday. And do you know how much I spent on this vacation? You, right. you elbow past all those people to the overwhelmed worker who cannot help, but 
also be overwhelmed when they're talking to you and you try to signal to your phone and they just don't realize that you actually do have a reservation and they think that you're trying to like ask them how to get cell service in new Orleans square. And they're like, what, (laughs) what just wait in line. And then you end up waiting in line anyway. And then when you get to the front, you say, I was told to check in like five minutes ago. And then they'll say, well, why didn't you just wave your phone at us? And be like, I did. And then. <laughs> Dan's, Dan's really selling here. it. You're really selling it. <laughs> no, uh, I mean. Oh, no, what happened? You both froze. I don't know. Okay. Um, anyway. <laughs> Uh, so yes, let me first talk about where to find this place, because unless you've been there, you might not know where to go, <laughs> That is <that's> fair. <laughs> yeah. which I think is, is a feature, not a flaw. Um, so I'm guessing if you're listening to this show, you have ridden Pirates of the Caribbean at least once in your life, right? Nope. Uh, if not watch a video as you exit Pirates of the Caribbean, imagine you're walking, you're walking through the weird strangely puffy gate and you push it and you hold it open for the person behind you because you're a polite person and then you walk outside you then turn uh dan when you hold the gate open for the the person behind yep. you do you also have to hold the gate open for the next 20 people as no well? god no 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 <laughs> okay okay I, I, you're not that nice i i kind of just push it open a little yeah, bit more it's a really light gate yeah, and weirdly puffy. Um, puffy, and it's slow moving, so you're not yeah. going to hit somebody. Okay, I, okay. I, I, I've started doing the move of I'm going to push it open a little bit more to acknowledge that people are in fact behind me. Right. Don't make eye contact. Just <laughs> here. I know that things. I I know that gesture. you're behind. It's a gesture. And then, you know, Pro tips. Then, right. <laughs> okay, so you so, walk out the gate, and on the right, and you turn left. On the right hand side is the uphill. Yes, of the so you're, you're, and, you're there. And then you turn right to go to the outside and your eyes go, oh no, what happened? And then <laughs> on the right hand side is the pieces of eight where uh, Fortune Red sometimes works. And then right to the left, immediately to the left, past the just pile of strollers, you will find the Blue Bayou. And if you're not sure, you just look up and it'll have a little sign that says Blue Bayou. There you go. And that's it. It's totally nondescript. It looks like the rest of New Orleans Square. And the aforementioned cast member will be standing there at a podium. Yes, looking very overwhelmed and <laughs> wondering why they even do this anymore. Um, and okay. so, yes, so you, then you go, you're in there. So you check in and and they're like, why didn't you say like, but I tried and and then you're just like, these people are overwhelmed. It's fine. And then they then they check you in and you're, of course, going to wonder, I think I did. okay, whatever. And then you sit in a lobby, which is now I can go through all the details of the lobby because I have a picture up and I can describe it. But I think if you go to your mind palace and you just kind of imagine what is the Venn diagram of New Orleans Square and like the Haunted Mansion before it was haunted, like when it was nice, ni- nice mansion. Mm-hmm. That's a fair description. Like happy mansion. The Venn diagram <laughs> between that and like Main Street and the the lobby for Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln. Yeah, that's good. It's it's a nondescript, really kind of depressed. As well, in it's feels not depressing, but yeah, it's, it's lower. 
it's just you have yeah. to walk upstairs to get to the restaurant. Right. right. It's it's just kind of vaguely nice without being gaudy. Um, and as I recall, there's not a ton of seating. It's a fairly open. There's room. enough seating, yeah. but there's not a ton of seating. And I think that that is so that people because they're they're actually very good at like blocking people from hanging out in the lobby that don't need to be in the lobby. So right. you do get a nice little, you know, resting time in on the little couches. They're comfortable, but not too comfortable. So um, that, that uh, cast member interaction is outside. It's outside, and then, okay, and then you're let in, right? And then once you're Got in, it. they're totally you're once once you're here, your family, like Olive Garden, yeah. um, it's very quiet. They, they they're they're like, okay, you're cool, you're front, everything's fine. And in terms of like the decor, there's a lot of um, a lot of I, I should um, patterns. Whether the way they called when you have like a pattern on a ceiling, I should know because my parents did this. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of uh, keep yelling, keep yelling at your phone. Um, a mosaic, a, a bar relief. What the, the all of those things are words <laughs> like Texas there's, or yes, there's Texas in the lobby. Um, there's a lot of uh, light colors, a lot of curtains. There's uh, chandeliers. Um, that's French for chandelier. 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 Uh, you're going to get a lot of French from this episode. Um, anyway, I mean, so the check-in progress, once you're in, you're in. And then you uh, sit there and a person uh, who goes to Cal State Fullerton will come out and <laughs> have a piece of paper and say your name after they say other people's names. You know how restaurants work. And then they bring you into the darkness and sometimes they'll kind of like prep you to be like, have you been here before? (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) And my answer is always yes, because I have and I'm a pass holder. And um, so I don't know. Not unless you sell those stocks. (laughs) Damn it. Uh, (laughs) I don't know that they necessarily will be like, okay, well, if you haven't been in here Get ready. It's really dark, but I would imagine they probably do. And then they find your seat and you are seated. By the way, if you have a reservation, it does not mean that you're sitting by the water. It simply means that you are getting a seat. If you would like to request to sit by the water, you can, but you should expect a longer wait. And you should be okay with that because you listen to this podcast and we have trained you to be nice over several episodes. How many tables are along the water? Uh, off the top of my head, I want to say at least 10. And that, that's kind of where I was thinking too. Yeah. yeah. If you mention you listen to the Supreme resort, you're guaranteed a table side <laughs> on, the wa- on the water. I mean, they, they'll do their best to get you one and it might involve a longer wait. Um, and kind of similar pro tip. If you get there right when they like, right when they open and you get, uh, th- there's a really good chance that you're going to get, by the water if you have a reservation or just either up. either just because okay. of how space works you know because right. they, they they're gonna load they're, they're gonna load where they load based on like what they have that prediction time yes um in this modern disney company at what point will the menu if you're sitting on the water mm-hmm. be a higher price than if you're not <laughs> I don't um, see that happening. I don't, I don't yeah, know. I don't see them doing that. I would see I could see Disney paying for a premium. Think about Fast Pass Lightning Lane. <laughs> I think mm. it wouldn't be a terrible idea if they were to make a policy where 
like first two chunks of tables sure are reservation only because oh, okay. that would I save them that. a lot of like hassle and heartache of like well i have i've had this reservation since blah 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 you'd be like well that's not how it works you just you're okay so what i was getting at was my experience with the blue bayou is once you're in that room mm-hmm. it quiets oh yeah yeah, right. for sure. It, it, it's it kind of you initially get that calming sense from yeah. the hustle and bustle of the street. You are you are separate from Disneyland in a lot of right. ways. Yeah, and that's, I just remember the just the volume going off. Yeah, and get getting there, and I think that that's part of why I was illustrating that the way I did. Getting there feels like you're in like the last battle of this war because <laughs> especially if you've been there and you're like, I just want to be in the thing. Um, once you cross that threshold and you're sitting down, it's like, okay, I'm here. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> um, now I, I don't recall. I, I, I know that in Mexico, the pavilion, um, that, <laughs> that marketplace is not loud. It's not, I, it's not it's not quiet. <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah. Um so similar to you Eric, the check-in process there and, and is there a similar sort of calming moment cuz the restaurant's not loud. No, no, and I've been, I yeah, it, it, now that you're pointing it out, I there is a distinct relaxation when you get into Blue Bayou. That is, it's it's very distinct because you've got that antechamber, you've got the the front lobby in um, in the Mexico Pavilion. You're already indoors, so from one molding. The word was molding. I was looking for molding. Thank you, Dan. Molding. Oh, yes. thank you, thank you. Okay. Um, the the difference as you enter is you're already indoors you're already in this crafted environment that is cool it is dark and it remains within that 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 theme so you walk up to your your check-in desk and your 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 podium there and it's already dark you're already looking at the restaurant behind the person um there's a marketplace behind you so from I guess from one respect, like you're not you're not sitting in an antechamber that is between light and dark. Mm-hmm. You're already in the dark and there there really isn't any place to hang out. You can kind of hang out nearby, but really they kind of say, oh, yeah, your table is going to be ready in a few minutes. So go wander the marketplace. We'll let you know when you're ready to go in. So and I assume the check in process is similar. You get alerted. Probably yeah. not as much chaos on the street like you have at Disneyland. Yeah, probably a little less. I'm sure there are still a, a fair amount of people walking up and saying, how do I eat here? Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's Walt Disney World and people seem to be more confused by Walt Disney World. Mm-hmm. Um, call call uh, 856-Hour-Ears, uh, <laughs> right? <laughs> but, so, but yeah. Um, what I'm, what I'm, I think I'm landing on, and, and I'm, uh, we can open it up for discussion, but mm-hmm. that distinct separation from the the chaos to the quiet mm-hmm. as a sort of a preview of what you're going to get you're saying a similar thing eric once you walk into the building you're already in that mm-hmm. kind of uh, anti-chamber but it happens to have a marketplace in it yeah 
Well, I think part of this needs to be also that the land is inside of a building. Right. For the most part. So in some way that, at least to my mind, kind of even it sort of reduces, I think, the uniqueness of it being a restaurant in in the dark at night because that's the land. It's just, it's a restaurant in the land. I don't want to say yeah. that it takes away that entirely, but it's, it's more just like you could have any, anything there and it's going to be in that environment. Yeah. And I've yeah. always thought going into the blue Bayou, it's, it, it's as confusing as going to a movie during the day. Mm-hmm. When you leave the movie theater and you're like, Oh crap, the sun's still up. Like, <laughs> and some people love that experience. I'm one of those people. Right. I love that experience, but for some people that's a negative. Yeah, well, I mean, you could the same could be said for the Mexico Pavilion in True. general, but I guess where I'm what I'm getting at is I think that Blue Bayou offers a better experience with the check-in process because of that distinct separation from people where whereas uh, San Angel is still in a marketplace. So there's still mm-hmm. hustle and bustle. There's still so I I think unless you disagree so you're saying because you're here's me disagreeing <laughs> because <laughs> you're not in the theme 100 percent. You're in a, a a a a transitional place. Yes. What that's, that's what is better to you. OK, what, yeah, what I'm, just, what I'm, I'm just hearing thinking in, of the experience, what I'm hearing in that is that it gives you a moment to sort of prime your brain for the next thing. It's an amuse-bouche, if you will. Yeah. And I guess, I guess the point of the whole thing, and again, this is a conversation that, you know, the sitting down, Mm -hmm. the separation, the quiet, you know, kind of going in where it feels like in the Mexico marketplace, you're kind of standing around waiting for a table. And maybe you could argue that it's better because you can do shopping while you're waiting as opposed to just sitting in a nondescript Mm -hmm. rectangle. I don't know. What do you think? Huh? I think if if we're going to make the argument for highly themed experience where food is involved and possible romantic sort of situations and all of those things, um, Mm -hmm. I think blue Bayou has the upper hand. However, if it's, you know, the kids just want an enchilada and we get, we want to get our picture and we want to just get this meal did so that we can go on to the next thing. Um, you know, you can get your little, you can get your, your pager, your Chili's pager, I would imagine, or whatever. And, you know, it's on the phone, go, okay. on the telephone. Yeah. Okay. What? What's that? <laughs> well, um, my, <laughs> I, I, so, I, 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 I take umbrage at you uh, cheapening <laughs> The experience. <laughs> He's working on it. The Mexico Pavilion. <laughs> I mean, it's by at saying World, that so. th- the kids need to have their tacos because you can have that upstairs. You can have that outside where you can get a quick taco. Again, right, but level. you don't have that. You don't. You you're not fulfilling that FOMO moment where it's like, well, you got to go do this thing, right? Um, now, at least if you're you. in Mexico, you are seeing that there's a restaurant and you want to be in that restaurant. Whereas in New Orleans. New Orleans Square, you're saying, why are all these people standing around at that podium? Um, well, you can see that it's a restaurant from inside Mexico Pavilion. You can't True. see that it's a restaurant from outside of the Blue Bayou. True. So what the hypothesis started was these are identical. These these two restaurants are identical outside of the food. Anyways, they're yeah. both 
you know, it, it's the same mood. It's the same scene. It's, you know, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> so, also, Azul Bayou isn't not echoey. Sure. Um, <laughs> so my brain then, took a little while to process that statement. We're but, getting, okay. I mean, we're I'm getting, not going to straight up say that it's a chaotic, noisy nightmare, but it's in the pavilion that it's in. And that, I mean, there's kind of no escaping that, right? Yeah. But, and, and I was going toward Blue Bayou, a point for that distinct separation. Right. Um, but then I think, well, there's nothing to do in that lobby. If if you have to sit and wait for 10 minutes, uh, you're just sitting crush, and waiting. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Which could be true in Mexico as well. But what I'm saying is that there are other things to do while you're waiting. You could buy things, just, including could, tequila. <laughs> you can get a shot of tequila while you're waiting. So, I, And this is a legitimate question. If they're both identical... These nuances are really important to right. figure out which is which is actually better, and it might just be an opinion thing because what little kid's going to want to? I don't know. I mean, don't is it bring little to kids to blue, blue by you. I mean, that's <laughs> I, I, that's all. I'm they they won't like it. You won't. It'll right. It won't be it fun for them. anyone. Um, but I, so I would my argument for blue by you, without getting into anti <clears throat> the other, is it gives you a vibe reset right so and that is kind of where i was going but eric you can counter offer with that i'm i'm countering with the vibe has already been reset you're already in a consistent theme you're already within this environment you're already relaxing even if there are a bunch of people standing around waiting in line for tequila you're already in a mexican marketplace but that that in some, I'm not saying that that's not true, but we also have to that same argument could be extended to River Bell Terrace is a restaurant themed to the old Western frontier. OK, I, I think these are going to these are going to cancel each other out for me. Because <laughs> Judge, go for it. Judge, just, they, they've canceled each other out. <laughs> because you know you're you're in New Orleans Square, which is the land, right? Mm-hmm. In New Orleans Square, you have this New Orleans environment. You come across this storefront, and then you have this sort of separation. But you have nothing to do while you're waiting to get your table. Mm-hmm. In Mexico, you kind of establish that same thing. You're in a Mexico um, street, like you were in a New Orleans street. That Mexico street just happens to be at night, and while I don't have that distinction from the Mexico street like I do from the New Orleans street. I also have options of doing stuff. So, you know, I think it's just going to negate itself. That's fair. Hello. That's the point. <laughs> there you go. That's the negating. <laughs> uh, okay, cool. Well, then let's go into, unless you're done, Eric, sorry. Are you done with the check-in no, process? Think, Do we I, get there? I think we kind of covered it there. There's not a lot else to talk about. Yeah. Okay. So they're equally good depending on what you're into. And then moving into the ambiance and the actual atmosphere inside of the restaurant, Dan, tell us about Blue Bayou. Well, uh... Your attention, please. (laughs) Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Hello again. This is the frozen head of Walt Disney, just here under the Matterhorn in a weird lab operated by an inner sanctum of trusted Disneyland cast members. Each of them is sworn to secrecy while they try to use the works of Ray Bradbury to uncover the secret to immortality. But that's not important, and I've probably already said too much. Uh, uh, I'm here to tell you about uh, another podcast on the uh, Ears Up Network that I truly enjoy. It's called Scraping the Vault. Now, normally what happens on the show is Audrey, Jimmy, and, and Dan watch and review straight to video Disney sequels. But this month, they're joined by Eric, who is on every other podcast on the network. They watch the new movie version of The Haunted Mansion. The result is so lifelike, it needs to be seen to be believed. Jimmy would enjoy being mugged if the mugger made an obscure Disney reference while robbing him blind. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's right. right. He's absolutely right. Asher, so, you kidder. We'll talk he's about like, it. Hey, uh, you, you know who didn't make... Tony Baxter didn't make the balloons in the land. It oh, okay. was Rolly Crump. Oh, okay, fine. Uh, take it. Take it spoiler off. warning. Rolly um, Crump. I, I, okay. I wrote first down of all, what you, I... You, sorry. You two nerds. I wasn't saying that that means that Tony Baxter was in... It was just That's a why joke about Tony you. Baxter. That's, That's why I didn't correct was. you. It wasn't a special <laughs> correction. It was a Tony Baxter joke. It's a running Listener. joke. You'll understand this That's if why you I'm listen to the Supreme Resort. <laughs> well, that certainly is confusing. I, uh, I guess you already are listening to the Supreme Resort. But you should also uh, listen to that other podcast, too. It's called Scraping the Vault. You can find it on the very app you are using now to listen to me talk to you. If you can dream it, you can do it. you've been on Pirates of the Caribbean or you've heard stories about it or something. Um, you are in the Bayou scene in the beginning of the ride. Um, so it, it's, there's got a lot of ambience and theming in immersive diners in an evening soiree setting. Uh, you're in the courtyard of a new Orleans mansion, which is modeled again after the chicken plantation restaurant. Um, Let's see. You got the sounds of crickets and frogs, fireflies. You have projection effects uh, simulating the night sky and the moon. And you will occasionally get to see a uh, boat from Pirates of the Caribbean ride uh, floating by and uh, yelling obnoxious things like, how's the food? Um, which is hilarious. Um do people actually? I've, I've never heard that. Have yeah, people yelled at you while you're eating? They do, or they joke about it. Usually, <laughs> they quiet. To be honest, they quietly joke about it, and it's like a day to yell has the food. And every time I hear that, I want to punch that person in the throat. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. So you've been on Pirates of the Caribbean. You heard our episode. It's there's there's trees, there's lamps, there's uh, occasionally a jazz band playing, uh, table lit. Uh, sorry, candle lit uh, tables. Uh, it's so damn dark and and themed that the lights, the menus have lights on them. Um, <laughs> I mean. I don't know where the line is where I'm just describing Pirates of the Caribbean and we've done that episode. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right, that's that's fair. Um, Eric, how does San Hell differ from that description? It's what Dan said, but in Mexico, right? That's what I was. That's kind of where I was going with that. Um, the difference, of course, being it's a different ride. Yeah, and I will. This could be a me thing, and I'm totally okay with that. I will point out that San Angel to me has a spacing issue. It feels less deep, intimate. Well, yeah, but also like um, it's it, it, the the actual like portion of the ride is just less space. So sure. it's there's there's more of a, there's less of a third dimension feel and it feels to me more clearly like here's the restaurant i'm in that's the ride i just went on that's a volcano rather than i'm actually in the place Hmm. Hmm. because there's it's just the, the the projection between where you are and where the wall is like where the volcano, where that wall I guess and everything. It's because oh, I see it's what you're probably saying. Because there's a pyramid and there's a volcano as opposed right. to there's just water wilderness. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's all doing its theming. And so I, I see your point, Dan, where if you're sitting on the water now, you're not saying that there's less waterfront. At no, well, I, I wouldn't know, but that's not what I'm saying at all. Yeah. Well, no. let me ask Eric, is there less waterfront table options? It feels a little bit less. There's more. And I, I, I'm tr- I was trying to look up the, the actual seat count, but I can't really find it. There are more seats that are further away from the water. Mm-hmm. There are seats that that are kind of on the opposite end that are more part of the marketplace on the other side of a fence than they are a bigger, part of the it's water. It's a bigger restaurant in general. Yeah. So there's more tables where, where I think what Dan was saying is that that when you're sitting on the water of the Blue Bayou, you've got this wilderness beyond you. And mm-hmm. Eric is saying instead of that wilderness, it's it's tighter because there's more physical building. Yeah. And I've there's said- a volcano. There's a there's a there's a there's a pyramid. And so I don't yeah. know if the argument is sound enough. It's just different theming. Yeah, but the different theming ends up. At least again, to my eye, it's like it's it, it's like that that if you're going to have forced perspective, you need to have a certain amount of space for it to work. Oh, I see. OK, and, that and pyramid's I, too close to be as short as it is. Well, it's just that there there's just less the the width of the water. The OK, <laughs> how do I explain this? Um, the distance. So let's say that. Um, I am a table at the waterfront. Okay. Yes. Okay. What's okay. your name? This table? Is, uh, Tim. I'm Tim the table. Tim the so table. Okay. For at at uh, San Angel. Tim, how old are you? No, uh, for the love of God. I'm, four, I'm, I'm a four year old. Um, the the wall where everything ends is here, right? Okay. And then at Blue Bayou, the wall where everything ends is like. 
my my back wall. I get your point. Uh, overruled. I don't think it matters. I think it's a matter of um, opinion, but also a matter of theming. It's just a different theme. One I'm arguing uh, that's, that's fine. I'm just I'm arguing that that they that the feel is to, again to me different. Feels more cramped. Yeah, it feels more like I'm in a thing on top of a thing rather than I'm actually there. Well, okay. let's leave that to the judge. And it seems like he uh, doesn't have doesn't okay. share that feeling. All right, that's but, fine. I mean, yeah, there are there are seats within the restaurant where you feel like you're in between a wall and a um, hacienda. So right. not all of these seats are in that wilderness sort of area. There are there are tables that are closer to the marketplace than they are to the water. When I right. think I think but there are tables at Blue Bayou that are by the kitchen. Oh, yeah. Oh, I've sat you know, in them plenty of times or by right? the bathroom where you're like, oh, OK, well, all right. Yeah. So you in that by situation the door where you can see outside. And well, if so we from- think if you think about the theming and what they are, what they're what they're trying to be, the, San Angel is a restaurant in the a marketplace. It's a restaurant in the marketplace, right? It's not yeah. about I'm by the water. And uh, neither of these are really about I'm by the water. It's just become that. Um where where this at Blue Bayou, it's I'm out in a courtyard at someone's mansion. Blue mm-hmm. Bayou, huh? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so but I'm I put I'm more pointing out that there are seats that you can sit in in Blue Bayou where you can see the outside world. That is all true. of its cheap, true. cheap, which by the know, way, sunlight is a marketplace. <laughs> right. So I think again, it negates itself. Yeah. But it's yeah. daylight. And then you have to kind of turn that's to kind of like fake to the right to look at the, the water and hope that your server stays on the dark side. Cause you I have can't. one that might, this, this oh. might actually work against me, but I think we're, we're past the show being about that. Um, <laughs> Yeah, Eric, since Eric started, uh, I didn't, didn't say that. Uh, <laughs> Eric, are there seats by the water where you are possibly too close to an element of the ride that becomes distracting? I was going to ask the same question. Okay, because I know there's there's a s- spot at the Blue Bayou where I'm just like, I mean, I'm by the water, but. I'm going to hear that banjo a whole lot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, I'm sure that there are places where there's not a, I I don't know that there's such a distinct noise, but I'm sure there are places along the water. I haven't experienced one myself, but I'm sure there's a similar experience. Yeah. I think you're right. Cause yeah. Coming around that corner, a lot comes at you and i'm sure that the volume is mm-hmm. is such that you can hear it from the table yeah once you get the closer you get to the actual like narrative show elements the the less yeah, immersive it's, it's probably it not the same as like hearing the banjo and hearing exitensio in the background going yeah that's 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 the one i'm talking about the banjo not so much that's a good point but hearing it, screams occasionally i will though point out that the, the fun thing about the banjo audio is i mean seriously listen to it sometime if you have an opportunity don't like seek it out it's weird but like if you are at that table you'll notice that like it does sound like someone teaching themselves to play the banjo and they make mm-hmm. like little mistakes and there's a little bit of like little, tuning and like stuff tuning going on. and stuff. Yeah. And then by the end, they get actually pretty good. It's 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 a pretty cool little touch that maybe I get a yeah. point for. 
No. Okay. Not if you're not at that table. (laughs) Um, Are you at that table, Jimmy? (laughs) (laughs) Well, my point is, if you're not at the table, you can hear that. Then it's it's a move. Right. And one table over to the right, you're hearing the the narration of existencia. And I think a similar thing could be said about the uh, the boat ride in Mexico. So again, we have a point Mm -hmm. that negates. All right. There you go. Um, okay, so I, I'm still at. I think we're still tied. By the My, way, Michael's all no points. Um, we're tied at one at this point, mm-hmm. and I'm still having a hard time. Even harder than I started, I'm having a hard time determining which of these experiences, these restaurants that are inside of a boat ride, is actually better. Now, I I, I don't think it can be the food because that's a matter of opinion and taste like i don't want a burrito i want a monte cristo so i'm not going to go to azul bayou that day i'm going to go you know somewhere else to get something that's going to meet my palate so while i want you to talk about the food i don't know what the food is going to do because it's a matter of opinion oh no (laughs) what else do we have to talk about Tim? that's my point Uh, so go back to the information dump hold on jimmy would you like to Tell our listeners about the creme brulee at Blue Bayou. It's good. <laughs> I don't know what. I thought it was like one of your I favorite had, things. I had okay. COVID at the time. I don't oh, know. That's right. <laughs> the last um, time I went. That's right. So yes, Blue Bayou. I got it. You want a, you want an old menu or current or current menu? I'm going to do both. But which current. one do you want? Which one do you want oh, first? Boy. Um, current. Okay. Current menu. <laughs> Okay, here we go. Loading up Disney.go.com slash askjeeves.bluebyu.net. Um, so they have a very slightly different menu uh, for lunch and dinner. By very slightly, I mean for lunch, you can get the Monte Cristo. For dinner, you cannot. And for dinner, you can get, I believe, it's when they have the surf and turf, which kind of comes and goes, you can usually only get that at night. Um, The menu generally stays the same all the time. However, they make weird changes from time to time, like the surf and turf kind of like comes and goes. I don't know why. Um, I don't want to give anyone the impression that it's like a seasonal menu. It's just like kind of schizophrenic, I think in some ways, Um, which can be fun. so we got for starters for lunch we got corn fritters and poblano fritter corn and fo- poblano fritters. Uh, Are those we, separate items or? Oh, that's what that's what got me confused. It, it's, okay. <laughs> it says corn fritters and poblano fritters. I don't. So it's garnished with parmesan, Fresno, and arugula salad. I don't know what's going on there. You got chicken gumbo. It's yummy. Um, a strawberry and pistachio spinach salad, which sounds weird and kind of is, but if you're into that, 
go for it. It's huge, by the way. Uh, scallops a la plancha. Uh, that's uh, white bean cassolate with crispy corn, cilantro, and romesco sauce. And I believe some scallops are in there at some point. Oh. Um, entrees. Entree. Entrees? I'm forgetting how to speak right now. Entries. Entries into the menu for entrees are Creole roasted chicken. Oh, by the way, this claims to be uh, Cajun food, which... Um, I guess it kind of is, but a lot kind of times, <laughs> I, not a lot of people know what Cajun food is. So I don't know that this is like against this place. <laughs> it's just kind of like a lot of people assume Cajun is just like spices and salt when it's not. This is more just like clarifying for people who actually want to know what Cajun food is. It's yummy. It's interesting. And it doesn't come in a shaker. Uh, Creole roasted chicken. You got some andouille sausage, roasted shrimp, uh, Creole rice, and Creole sauce. You got the Monte Cristo for lunch. You got sustainable market fresh fish. Market fish. Oh, my goodness. Um, You got your filet mignon. And we got some plant-based options. Heirloom tomato and watermelon salad. It's an interesting thing. Uh, Pistachio lemon basil pasta. And... Creme brulee is a plant-based option. It's also a dessert. And for other desserts, we got uh, assorted macarons, assorted sorbet, Basque cheesecake, citrus fruits and sorbet, a petite sundae. That's a very small sundae. Um, If you bring your kids to this restaurant, uh, a lot of people will wonder why, including your children. They can get a roasted chicken. Uh, it comes with the usual things, whole grain pasta, what kind of sauce. I believe you are probably choosing your sauce. Sautéed shrimp and a petite filet. That's French for small meat. Um, <laughs> can I tell you a fun fact I learned <clears throat> just today at that baseball game? Yeah. A friend of mine who's also a scout parent... Uh, also occasional listener. Hey, man. Mm. Um, he was in France. Mm-hmm. They were a little <laughs> bit east of the city and like one of the further around his months, right? And he was trying to find something uniquely French. And so he found on the menu something called andouillette. Andouillette. Mm. Is which a you know, sausage? It's a kind of a sausage. Yeah. So he's thinking andouille. That sounds great. Uh, and then oh, is, when it, he, is it real andouille? <laughs> no. Okay. Okay. It is sort of a sausage. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, they're they're generally made from the large intestines yes. of a pig. Yes. That, no, that's real andouille, and that that's that's one of the reasons oh, yeah. why okay. I'm talking about how like like I'm no, I am not an I don't want to be that douchebag. She's like, well, actually, I ate a cage restaurant once, and this is what it is, but. I have had enough of those experiences. And I think one side of my family uh, used a a lot of those flavors. So like it's disappointing to me personally when something is Cajun and it's like, Oh, it's a bunch of crap over rice and it has sausage and shrimp in Which, it. So, so the point of this thing is a lot of French influence in New Orleans and mm-hmm. so you get andouille sausage. Right. Uh, true andouillettes are rarely seen outside of France and have a strong distinctive odor coming from the colon. Yeah. And if they do it right, they don't clean it out. And Hell so yeah. it literally and figuratively smells and tastes like 
Supreme. Supreme. Yep. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. And the way Andouille Sausage was explained to me when I visited New Orleans around my 18th birthday, which is a weird birthday to visit New Orleans for, um, the, the person who, who explained it was basically like, yeah, we take all the stuff that we don't use, like intestines and all these other things, and we just basically shove it into itself until it has the like density and like girth of a football and we we don't clean any of it that's the point and we put it over the chimney for like a month yeah (laughs) so it's haggis but yeah Yeah. basically sheep stomach pig's colon same basic weird european stuff right but for the general public cajun equals you sprinkle some red pepper on it um and bam (laughs) <laughs> and bam and i i just since we're on the subject i just gotta say jambalaya if it's cooked in more than one pot is not jambalaya it's a stew over rice that's it all right come at me tom corliss um <laughs> so you can as of recently you can get alcoholic beverages you know what those are it's the usual wine or beer they have a specialty drink called a hurricane cocktail uh basically if you really like fruit punch and you want to get drunk that's what that is mm-hmm. um they i believe serve mint julep yes they do um i could bore you all to tears with the beverage menu and i'm not going to do late. that i will find other ways to do that <laughs> going over to the dinner menu let's see what's different real quick uh whereas at the azul bayou full full bar yeah well i mean that's really due to where you are that's good um i said due to uh for (laughs) for, that and for dinner currently you oh you can get the oscar style ribeye with lump crab bernay sauce and asparagus so that's your surf and turf has returned no monte cristo go to oscar style means they put crab on it it means it won an oscar um, okay. Oscar usually some kind of Bernays, Hollandaise, something like that. Okay. And uh, crab. Uh, so at that time of day, if you want your Monte Cristo, you go over to Cafe Orleans. Um, let's see. Kind of all the same. Let me see if anything's different. No, kind of all the same. It's just that main difference. Okay. Um, and I, I don't want to say it, but are you going to do the old menu too? I mean... If you say it like that, I'm going to have to. <laughs> um, so. <laughs> this is just. Really? I just. So for. Ors de vores. Or ders. <laughs> you have. Ors The crevettes bayou. It's a sh- petite shrimp. Bayou shrimps with pineapple and cream sauce. That's $1.75. You then have Supreme of Seasonal Fruit Grenadine, 85 cents. Marinated herring. Is this an original? I believe so. Okay, we gotta play the the guessing game then. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, Let's let's do it this way. Uh, So I've already given you, I have not... Hmm, okay. Marinated herring, crab meat, Royal Street... That's poached mushroom heads filled Ooh. with deviled crab meat. That's crab meat from hell. And Parmesan cheese baked to a golden brown. Jimmy says 250. Eric? So this is original? It's, it's old. Or, it's very or old. old. 
It's buck very 25. old. I don't know for sure that it. Okay, uh, you said buck twenty-five. Jimmy went over. Eric wins. It's a dollar seventy-five. Always. Okay. Now we have a for more horsey doors. We have co- coquille of Digby scallops marinere. Mm. That is port, poached scallops and mushrooms in Chablis sauce. How much? Dollar seventy-five. Jimmy says dollar seventy-five. Eric. Two fifty. Oh, Eric went over. It is also a dollar seventy five. Oh. Coming up with our potage, I believe that is soup. Uh, we got Blue Bayou <laughs> soup du jour and New Orleans clam chowder, both the same price. How much are they? Ninety five cents. What does soup du jour mean? It's the soup of the, <laughs> day. Of the day. Oh, okay. Seventy five cents. You both went over. You both fail fifty cents. Oh, fifty. Now coming on deal. over to our entrees. Uh, entrances into the entrees we have poulet baton rouge that is it's chicken red stick yes uh, <laughs> it is a boneless chicken leg stuffed with fluffy long grain rice ham mm. onions and mushrooms served with baby shrimps and white wine sauce how much is that 275 okay 275 for jimmy eric three bucks how much three Three. That is the exact price. Three dollars for your poulet baton rouge. Why are you good at all these games? <laughs> we have. We also have. That is. Uh, now we have for our poisson a seafood creole. It has king crab meat. That's crab. That's a king. Bayou shrimp and whitefish in a Cajun sauce of green peppers, tomatoes, and celery on rice pilaf. By the way, uh, okay. Jimmy says three fifty. Eric, three dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Eric wins is 325. Oh. <laughs> halibut a la <laughs> That's halibut steak sauteed with Louisiana shrimps and capers. Uh that's the little that's a little pickled thing. It's not a like it looks like a pea. Yeah, you're not hijacking a bank or anything. Uh and lemon butter. How much is that? <laughs> capers, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to go on a caper. <laughs> uh, Three twenty-five. Okay, three twenty-five. Eric. Oh, it's halibut. Ah, how exotic is that? Um, well, two seventy-five. I mean, it's consider the time. Uh, Eric wins because Jimmy went over. It is three fifty. Oh, I said three twenty-five. Oh, okay. Jimmy oh, wins. Jimmy wins. <laughs> it's, it's, it's true. Sorry. Uh, in our booth. that's uh french for beef feel free to make that into a ringtone everybody (laughs) uh we have grenadine de boeuf borgnine yes (laughs) ernest 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 borgnine beef with grenadine that's thin slices of beef tenderloin with mushrooms and pearl onions and sauce borgnine (laughs) 350 Okay, three fifty. Eric, seventy eight dollars. <laughs> <laughs> it is actually at seventy eight dollars. No, oh, it wow. says four dollars. Oh, filet de boeuf roti. <laughs> That's roasted choice beef tenderloin and Madeira sauce. Madeira. Um, four dollars. Okay, Eric. Uh, well. 78 seems a little high this time. <laughs> um, 350. Uh, 425. Ooh. 
And then we also have a salad chiffonade. It is chilled chocolate lettuce. It's a salad. Uh, All right. Let's see. And we <laughs> have with the guessing game. Keep going. Specialties a la carte. Fruit salad fantasy. It's spelled F-A-N-T-A-I-S-I-E. That is mm-hmm. some... 1960s ass supreme Um, (laughs) assortment of fresh pineapple melon grapefruit orange banana apple and grapes topped with (laughs) sherbet and melba sauce oh god that is wow walt said he wanted the food to be the star oh grandma where did you go um So the takeaway is the restaurant food is better now. Uh, maybe, but I think that also <laughs> some of the choices, like the seafood Creole, like some of the ingredients in there sound like an actual possible Cajun thing. Um, mm. We have a, uh, we, they still have the Monte Cristo sandwich. And that's kind of the only thing left over besides just a bunch of beef stuff. Well, that's all you got to know. Yeah. Okay, Eric, let us talk about food at Sun on Hell Inn. I got old well, kids' menus if you want. Oh, <laughs> well, I'm kidding. Tell I'm us kidding. about the children and their menu. <laughs> I'm told, well, let's somebody Eric, think Eric, of the children. Eric, it's your turn. <laughs> Before Dan goes too far. <laughs> um, yep, I thought... My brain would continue working. Well, okay, I, we can go with the this. old kids menu. Oh, by the way, <laughs> the kids menu in the 80s came with a pirate mask or it was a pirate mask. Ooh, the menu yeah. was a pirate mask. Yeah, that's Fun. pretty cool. Well, how about we uh, we, we talk about this menu here in in Epcot. Uh, the, the the main point of the menu a few years ago, they got a new head chef who wanted to emphasize de-emphasize regular Mexican food, like quote Mexican food and, and lean into flavors that were part of the actual, you know, Central America experience. So you will find some things, of course, there's going to be a, you know, when you're looking at appetizers, you're going to have guacamole with stuff, but they, Add uh, mango and um, toasted pumpkin seeds to it to, uh, I don't know, zhuzh it up a little bit. They've got a um, tortilla soup with uh, tortilla strips, but with avocado and cheese Somebody's in there. hungry. <laughs> yeah. All right. Great. Thanks. Thanks, dogs. Now that I'm talking, we're, we're barking. It's okay. It's fine. Don't worry. I got kids menus if you need to, if you need to move on. Of course you do. Um I'm just wondering if my wife is coming home and if that means they will continue to bark. But we'll find out, won't we? Uh, but yeah, the, the the appetizers aren't anything super out of the ordinary. It's when you get to the entrees where they they have things like here's a chicken enchilada. Here is a. You know, here are. Fish tacos, but they do have uh, asabuco with mole sauce. So that's a sl- slow braised pork shank. I love a pork shank um, because I like the word shank and it's got a uh, mole sauce and that's great with plantains and such. Um, they do have uh, seared snapper with uh, cilantro, rime, cilantro lime vinaigrette. Uh, they have ribeye tacos, which are 
a little bit of a different twist on a regular beef taco. Um, yeah, I mean, really, it's it's food. It's a, it's food on a menu, and some of it is familiar, and some of it is is things that you wouldn't expect to see at a Mexican restaurant, like an actual large hunk of fish or a piece of a piece of pork or a New York strip or you know. Um, so it's yeah, not just so, like El Torito food, like some people might assume. Uh, right, right, right. It's not like it is more authentic. Yeah. It, do they have um, queso? Because that's real Mexican do. food. They do. They, <laughs> do. they also they have finally queso fun, fundito. <laughs> they have fundito as well, which is a lot more traditional Mexican. Right. Uh, having yeah, been, yeah. having been to Mexico and City and eaten Mexican food in Mexico City, the food at Epcot is nothing like that. Um, it's the same about new orleans having eaten food in new orleans Mm -hmm. the food is nothing like that to to dan's point but does real mexico have sweet corn ice cream i'm Um, sure they do epcot does the other thing (laughs) that this is not a point in either way but you have to pay for chips and salsa at san hanel yeah yeah that is a little a little weird for most mexican restaurants yeah but in mexican restaurants they don't bring you chips and salsa when you sit down if you want you have to pay for it so very authentic a little more authentic but i so like (laughs) i said at the outset the food is not going to make a difference because it's a matter of of palate at that time so um great good job (laughs) reading menus (laughs) there's also a uh an extensive drink menu as dan alluded to lots of if if this was in magic kingdom and they didn't offer beer and wine, then I think Blue Bayou would get a get a point. Does but Blue Bayou have anything designed by Neil Patrick Harris? Oh, well, now <laughs> I heard about this. The Black Magic. Uh, there's a no. there's a, a Neil Patrick Harris drink and some might offer it a point. Oh, well, but for me, it takes it out. If this was 2012, we would definitely be offering that a point. Well, I mean, fine. <laughs> it is not and i think that it's distracting to the theme not, um is there it, do you all do you have anything with ants in it i saw the salt rim uh the black ant salt rim that's not the that's not the neil patrick harris that is the sun on hell in margarita which really is pretty good the, the black magic the neil patrick harris one is okay it's a frozen margarita and i'm not into frozen blended stuff but the sun on hell in margarita it does have so it's a margarita with specific tequila and whatever but but the the salt room it actually looks like ants like little legs and everything yeah it's it's literally ground up ants and salt on the rim and it's (laughs) is it actually ants i I believe so you know it's another thing uh, in mexico when i was eating at a fine dining restaurant one of the appetizers was in fact a bowl of ant eggs Mm. Mm. and it was delicious i'm in yeah you put enough butter and garlic in something it's going to be good oh yeah see as cargo cicadas before and exactly yeah i mean okay so a couple i don't know so we've got to talk about other things but wait let me talk about a tequila (laughs) flight okay so i'm back at square one these basically are the same um and, and Correct me if I'm wrong, but we've kind of landed at these are different experiences, but ultimately they all tick the same box in some Mm -hmm. way or another. Mm -hmm. So, and we, I think we've already talked about land impact a little bit. I don't know if one is in favor of the other. That was kind of back to the check-in process. We went through it all. So one thing I like about um, 
the immersion into the experience, which is what we're talking about here. You're being immersed in a bayou. You're being immersed in a Mexico City marketplace, right? Both do it effectively well. Mm -hmm. Is it fair to say that your server being from Mexico, speaking Spanish, and telling you about their experience in their homeland, does that not immerse you more into San Angel than would the Blue Bayou from Cal State Fullerton? Well, but they don't show up and they're like, hi, my name is Tammy. I'm from Cal State Fullerton. No, but you, you my point, they're also not from New Orleans. Right. That is an interesting point I did not think to go down. But but yeah, I, I guess that is one of the advantages of Epcot restaurants in general. Epcot, when operating at full capacity, has representatives from each country. Okay. So then this, right. I'm not saying, I'm not anti this. I'm just pointing out what this means. This then means every restaurant in Epcot gets a bonus point. Maybe, but we're not arguing other restaurants in Epcot. We're arguing these two virtually identical experiences. Right. No, I'm just saying that we like, did argue one this, before and I didn't go for it. But you, That's true. And it did not get a point because they're from England. That's there was no precedent set there. I'm just saying that th this would set a precedent that might. Yeah, it could benefit me at some point in the future. But it's just do we want to go there? <laughs> Dan's going to argue more Epcot things in the future. <laughs> well, no, I, it, it's, a, it's a good point, though. Right. So we talked about that other show. We talked about you know nighttime spectacular restaurants. We talked about the food. Talked about check-in. Blah blah blah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We didn't talk about the fact that I feel immersed into United Kingdom because okay. my server spoke you know British English. But I don't think it's the same to me here because I'm looking at other countries when I'm sitting on that water at the at the pub. Whereas here, I'm a little bit more immersed in this Mexico City marketplace. So that extra layer of this. Mexican person. It's like going you know to Teponado I mean? and knowing that your your hibachi grill chef is from Tokyo. Yeah, it's really a question. It's it's really uh, putting it out to the two of you. Does that one thing just give a nudge to this immersive boat ride restaurant over the one? I, I think the way that I can get there is... And the way that this doesn't introduce this weird other thing that I don't know that I like is that the nature of the restaurant being in the environment that it's in takes this part of Epcot that already exists and exists other places and makes it more meaningful. Yes. Yeah, that, that's kind of it. That, yeah. is, that is the point. Um, so mm. what else you got <laughs> that's pretty much it because i think i've i think i've made up my mind i mean other than well really, yeah we both have menus that are okay and i, I think they're themed to their area everything right, right. is the same everything well, is the so, same but i think the thing that we haven't really touched on and i don't know how much we need to is the real and this is going to be hard for me to really illustrate um the relationship to the ride that they're a part of meaning yeah, and, and yes, meaning that and at, I think and, we're going to say the same thing. Dan. Go ahead. You might say it more clearly. <laughs> the fact that this restaurant in Mexico is affiliated with, or a part of 
the three caballos ride cheapens it for me. The, okay, that's not <laughs> where I was going to go, but I'm I'm glad you I'm glad you're there. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey now, no. So but I can, so the thing that I keep getting hung hung up on is that it. Blue Bayou and Pirates of the Caribbean, these are two separate things that are a part of a whole that are both inside and both require you to make an effort to even see or notice. Right. Whereas with the Mexico Pavilion, it's kind of just all the Mexico Pavilion. So when you are going to Blue Bayou, you are revisiting this cool ride experience that you had in a way unique to that experience slightly i'm not trying to argue that the other one doesn't have that i'm just saying that the connection between blue bayou and pirates is more of a they're both kind of a more exclusive experience because you can't you can't just like walk into a building and see pirates (sighs) okay does that make sense? What it does, but but to to my point and to your point, Dan, what you're not taking into account is that Blue Bayou is in fact in New Orleans Square, which is the land. It's off of a marketplace. Mm-hmm. There's shops in a street. It's off of a marketplace in a separate space where you're in this bayou themed area. The same argument. You're in this pavilion, you're in a marketplace, you walk to this separate space. Now there's not as much separation. And and to Eric's point earlier, I can't see outside, blah, blah, blah. And so it's the same, objectively. Where where you're where you're coming at this is from an emotional connection. Possibly. Which which I appreciate. And that's fine. And that's that's the whole point of this show is to try to make it objective. So I think if we can objectively agree. But that, but can we completely remove that that emotional connection can exist in a way that is unique to that location. Absolutely. Uh, we, 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 yes. Cause it's and kind of, it's kind of, it's sort of like the phantasmic, uh, Tom Sawyer's Island thing where it's like, Oh, here's this right. thing. But, yeah. but where I think the, the only very, 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 very small difference with the Mexico pavilion is it's just Mexico pavilion. So here's where I'm landing. I think effectively, like I said a hundred times now, they're they're effectively the same thing. And and outside of emotion, outside of some subjectivity, on paper it's the same. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so if if we're trying to be objective on paper, it's the same. So I think where I'm going to land with this is that because the blue bayou set the precedence, sun and hell exist doesn't exist. That's fair. Because and 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 I'm not going to say Walt touched it, but because this established this experience, San and Hell doesn't do it better. It does it the same. Mm. So I think the only reason Blue Bayou wins in this case is because it did it first. So for San, so it's kind of like the argument that I've made in some other areas where San and Hell is it's just doing what it's supposed to do. It's, it's Azul Bayou. Yeah. True. <laughs> It took True. us two We've hours talking about this for weeks. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I want to say, it, like, I want to lean into the whole, well, you can see outside. But, I mean, most of the restaurant doesn't have that experience. And I, it's never but really. But if you're going back to the atmosphere, Eric, if we're, if we're talking about it being in a marketplace, in, a, in a, a themed area, you can see outside. You are outside. 
<laughs> Hold on. Yeah, it's just a different experience. I got something. The blue oh, bayou, I see your point. You're yeah, supposed to be outside. Yeah, good point. Good point. I have something that might, that might be helpful. What's your bathroom situation like? Ooh. Are the bathrooms in the restaurant or are they in the pavilion? I think they're... Oh, I can't remember. I'll let you know. Are there bathrooms inside the restaurant? I think... I don't know why there would be. Is it just outside? Do you have to go? I think you have to go outside because I think the bathrooms are between San Angel and La Cava de, de, de Tequila. Guess where my bathrooms are. In right. a weird, awkward. Right. Hey, hold, wait, hold on. It's a beautiful bathroom. <laughs> you have to like crawl between uh, 900 tables that are in uh, 200 <laughs> tables worth of space. Yeah, but you don't leave the environment. You're still in the environment. Okay, Jimmy, confirm. On the app, it does not show restrooms in the pavilion. I know oh, there you've are. you've got to go to the UK to go to the bathroom. No, that's right. I know that there right. are inside that building, but I think you have to leave the restaurant in order to get yeah, to them. I think that is that is true. You have to walk outside because I'm, I'm pretty Blue sure that's true. You, you can just scoot your chair all the way over. <laughs> Okay, so we'll verify Make sure this. You drag for, that chair as loudly as possible <laughs> for a past show correction. We'll 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 figure that out. But for now, Blue Bayou gets a point for proximity of bathrooms. Yes, <laughs> the only points. Uh, wait, hold on. Azul Bayou gets a point for the further immersion of Spanish-speaking servers. Okay, extrapolapakettle. And Blue Bayou is the supreme boat ride restaurant because it did it first, and Blue Bayou Azul Bayou didn't do it better. Hi, I'm Hauser. <laughs> is that fair, Eric? Do you, I mean, I think it's fair. Yeah, it, it's it's the only thing in my head crafting an argument was the you can see outside you can see yeah, out into and, the garage that's daylight. a valid that's, that's the a valid only point. thing but, yeah, I, but, I, a, but i think the overall n- not entirely not echoey nature of the mexico pavilion kind of and that's my point is it, it, it negates it yeah it negates yeah. the seeing the light is the same as being able to see somebody drunk on tequila next door or buying a hat you know what i mean <laughs> it, it does kind of take you out of that it's yes it's the marketplace that's the setting but it takes you out right because you're seeing outside effectively. So um, I don't know. I, I think we got there. I think it was reasonable. I did not expect it to be that close. I, I thought hands down Blue Bayou is going to win because this other thing just kind of came along and also did it, which is, I guess, where we landed. But yeah, um, but, you know, they, sound they did what they set out to do. I think we uh, objectively landed there. I am glad and, that they un-El Chirito the the menu. Yeah, they did definitely change it. And, and it's also, I was going to, I was going to give Disneyland a arbitrary point because Disneyland owns and operates this restaurant, whereas the Palma group owns and operates the Mexico one. Mm-hmm. It's not actually a Disney restaurant. Right. Uh, I didn't need may, to do that. May I point out, Monte Cristo's ended up not getting a point. Yeah, I, yeah, I give you, you can give them a point now. It's okay. It's all over. Oh, point for Monte Cristo. Okay. How about But again, that's food because I really like kitten. chicken enchiladas. Uh-huh, so, I stole you know. that point. <laughs> okay. All right. uh, so congratulations to the Blue Bayou for being the supreme indoor boat ride restaurant. <laughs> all right. So um, <laughs> listener, thanks for listening. Thanks for bearing through some of that. 
<laughs> I almost turned it off too, guys. <laughs> I almost turned off the podcast. What? Also. I'm just telling listeners that <laughs> I'm teasing. You, you, um, act, you act like they've never heard the podcast. They're listening. I, know, I was to. just being funny. <laughs> it's a joke. It's a couple of you laughed. I heard it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so there are other shows to listen to on this network, and uh, there are Ears Up, Ears Up in Depth, which is a news program. Uh, this show, which, as described by Jason Petros, who manages the network, and I'm using air quotes, uh, not by network, but by <laughs> manages. Yes. <laughs> Hold on. This this is the description of the Supreme Resort is a truly unique podcast with one goal in mind to find out which Disney park is better, Disneyland or Walt Disney World. Mm -hmm. So a couple of things. Truly unique. Feels like a jab. (laughs) (laughs) Got our personalities. Because yes, it's unique in that there's no other podcast that's doing what we're doing. No other podcast is comparing the two that I'm aware of. And then he says, which Disney park is better? Disneyland or Walt Disney World. Walt Disney World is not a park. Mm. It's a resort. Mm, it's, it's called the Supreme Resort, mm. Jason. Mm. Africa's <laughs> park is better. Africa's He's such not a, a country. about Disney. People saying, I'm going to Disney. Oh, he hates that. Yeah. Anyway, so that is the... Then there's the Bantha Milk podcast, which is about Star Wars. And then there's the uh, PunyPod podcast, which is the Marvel Cinematic Universe in release order. So I think they're up to Iron Man Avengers. Uh, three. I think they just recorded Iron Man, Man three. three. Iron Man three. I yeah. thought I saw a text about that. Anyway, so listen to those other shows, but especially listen to the next episode of Scraping the Vault. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm hesitant because I don't know if it already came out or not. But mm-hmm. we, Eric, Dan, Maybe. myself, and Audrey, uh, watched and reviewed the Haunted Mansion in the crossover episode because it's a r- movie based on a ride. So will we talk about the Eddie Murphy thing? I don't know. Will mm-hmm. we talk about the Muppets Potter Mansion? I don't know. Will we talk We're about my mom's out? delight and confusion in watching it in 4DX? I don't know. I don't know if I'm even seeing it there or not. <laughs> okay. Um, anyway, so uh, please listen to that episode. And uh, yeah, rate and review our show. Uh, feel free to contact us, Jimmy, Dan, and Eric all separately but at earsup-podcast.com uh, 856-R-EARS is concierge figure it out if, you just if you've been out. emailing me then you've been spelling my name incorrectly oh E-R-I-K by the way <laughs> T-E-R-R-E-N-C-E um, uh, yeah E-R-I-K at earsup-podcast.com and then Dan and Jimmy it's all the same Okay, and there's, a, there's an accent over the Y for Jimmy <laughs> so there's an umlaut over the I <laughs> Anyway, um, thank you for listening, and until next time, be good to each other, and court is adjourned. Do I have to write Tom a check every time I say that? <laughs> Depends on how the uh, actor's strike and writer's strike uh, end up. Is he one of those things? No. Oh, okay. I don't think so. So we can just um, steal from him.
And Pirates <laughs> is a better ride. <laughs> you know, I, uh, I feel Three Caballeros is better than Monsters <laughs> Inc. <laughs> is it? Uh, we had an episode about that. Oh, yeah. Didn't we? <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. <sighs> anyway, yeah, I, I, guys, I, I think we got it right. I think so. Do we re- need to redo Monsters Inc. versus? <laughs> no, once we've decided, it's it is what until we have a uh, appellate Supreme Court, the more the Supreme Court, <laughs> which we got to get that guy on board. By the way, the Supreme Court, 